Talk Radio 96.7. Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. The Ozone brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash, and by Foshi Jewelers, your one-stop jewelry store. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone tonight. Give us a call, 682-1430. That's 682-1430. Or if you're technologically inclined, you can reach us at ozone at hallradio.net. That's ozone at hallradio.net. Now, I tell you what, you got a bonus tonight because with us is the 2002 Mr. Florida Basketball from Kathleen High School. Also, back-to-back national champion with the Florida Gators, Mr. Chris Richard. Chris, welcome back to the Ozone. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. Oh, man, what a pleasure to have him in studio. So give us a call, 682-1430. And uh, we got a couple things we need to talk about first. Um, I want to remind everybody that the state championship cheerleading finals are going to be at the RP Funding Center this weekend. That's Friday and Saturday. So you want to go see some athletic things over there. Yeah, don't miss it. The cheerleading state finals, RP Funding Center. And that's a happy thing. Coach Joe, we've got something that's not quite as happy, but. Yeah, it's, uh, might as well go ahead and, and talk about this for a few minutes. Uh, it's not easy to, to mention. Uh, as everyone uh, knows who listens to the show on a regular basis, one of our uh, great guests, one of our great friends of the show is Holly Kane, who does such a fantastic job giving us all our NASCAR information. And it's just amazing uh, to talk to. And she's been in the studio herself um, uh more than once, um, and she has talked about in the past uh, her her battle with cancer uh, and uh, some of the things in the community that she does to help other people who are who are in that plight. Well, cancer is a pretty tricky opponent, and uh, she's having to deal with uh, with more cancer at this time. And it, she's gotten pretty sick, but her spirits are good, and uh, you know, but she has to go through a lot of treatments. And uh, a GoFundMe page has been set up with the support of uh, NAS of, of uh, the National Motorsports Press Association to uh, help defray some of the costs that Holly's going to have as she goes through uh, a lot of chemotherapy and radiation over the next few weeks. We'll keep you updated as we uh, we learn more. But uh, Holly appreciates any support you can give. And uh, a little bit later in the show, I'll give the uh, site for that GoFundMe. Go ahead and give it now. Oh, you want to go ahead and give it now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, give it a couple times. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great idea. You can. Uh, it it's uh, uh, actually give me just a second, Ronnie, because All right. I got I got to pull well, it back up here. Uh, sorry, I lost my place on the uh, with that contact information. That's all right. We'll come right back to you in just a second. Well, the Gators with a big win last night at Rupp Arena in overtime. Chris, what's it like to play in Rupp? I know you played there more than once. Rupp, uh, I think it might be the most interesting arena in the SEC. They bring the band out. The marching band was well, not a march down march on the court, <laughs> but they march out on the court and surround us. So while we go through the layup lines and really? get, get loose. Try to intimidate you. Try to intimidate us. The band is just playing as loud as they can in front of our face. And it's, it's, it's wild. But the first time uh, we won, well, when I was in school, my sophomore year, I yeah. had lost since then. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it wasn't that intimidating. No, you, not for it? me. Not after, not after my freshman year. Once we, we, we learned the lay of the land, we 
got in and did our thing. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot that scared those O fours, were it? No, it no, no, no. We were pretty good. We <laughs> we wanted to beat everybody badly. <laughs> he said with all due modesty, and you did, and you did. Oh, I tell you what, that, that's that was such a fun time. Uh, it must have been fun to be in school. Then you win national championships in basketball and football, the only school in history to ever do that. And then no one had won back-to-back championships in basketball since Duke in 91-92. And, uh, you know, you guys you just made it look easy in a lot of ways. It wasn't quite as easy the second year, was it? Well, I think the second year was a lot easier because we were a lot more confident. Right. So once we came out and won the first year, we the first season – Everybody doubted us. No, no, nobody thought we were win. You know, they thought we were pretty bad because we lost all of our star players. Yeah. But once we got over that hump and won that, we couldn't tell us anything. We like the Beatles <laughs> in Gainesville, so I think it was a it was, it was a pain for us to lose games. It was it was Koshai used to always say, uh, "Losing should feel like death." I know it's extreme and morbid, yeah. but losing should feel like death. And we really took that on and and. and we would win games and still feel bad because we didn't win how we thought we should have or by as many points as we should have. So second year, was it was ours for the taking, too. Well, now let me ask you this. All right, you were 6'10", walking around campus. Obviously, they probably knew that you were a basketball player in, say, 05, in the first part of 06. Mm-hmm. But after you won the championship, what was it like? Everybody stopping you, wanting an autograph? Or what was it like being so, champions? It was. It wasn't as bad for me as it was Joakim and some of the other guys. They stood out a lot more than I did. <laughs> and uh, I was with the football team a lot, so I kind of blended in. <laughs> I blended in until, you know, we got around different crowds. But it was great, man. Uh, the school was supportive, the the students, the staff, um, the city, the community. It was it was just great times, man. We really enjoyed it. Oh, man. Joe, you got that. GoFundMe page for Holly? Yeah, before we go to break, let me go ahead and and say, go to GoFundMe.com, that's G-O-F-U-N-D-M-E.com, and uh, it's titled, Holly Kane's Second Fight Against Cancer. And it's C-A-I-N, right? Yes, Holly Kane, C-A-I-N, apostrophe S in this case, Holly Kane's Second Fight Against Cancer on the GoFundMe page. Uh, and if, if you'd like to donate and, and leave supportive messages, Holly does see it. She's aware of it, and they're doing very well so far. Good, it's very expensive treatments, and uh, and they, all of NASCAR is behind this. And uh, you know, she's known not just in this community, obviously, where she's an icon, but but really around the country. And uh, no doubt, and the respect that everybody person. has for her, we share it, and uh, certainly she'll be in our thoughts and prayers. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Hi, I'm Jason Odom, former Bartow Yellow Jacket, Florida Gator, and Buccaneer. You're listening to Ronnie Ocean in the Ozone. Ronnie O, Coach Joe in the Ozone. The Ozone brought to you by Foshi Jewelers. And by Allied Scrap Processors. All right, Ronnie on Coach Joe back in the Ozone with us in studio, Chris Richard, back-to-back national champion for the Florida Gators, former NBA player. Man, I tell you what, if you like basketball, you need to give us a call, 682-1430. We don't get Chris in here that often, and, uh, man, we just feel so privileged to have him in here with us tonight. And uh, we were just talking at the break. Um, I had heard a story that – Joe Kim Noah, 
fired up a three and he missed badly. And Billy Donovan pulled him out of the game immediately. And Joe Kim protested and said, Coach, I was open. He said, yeah, there's a reason you were open. And Chris said he remembered that. And then it also happened to David Lee. Is that right? I'm going to say allegedly because I can't remember. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember, but I, I think it happened to David, too. <laughs> uh, Chris, what was the biggest transition for you going from high school where you were a big scorer at Kathleen, mm -hmm. and uh, you, you go to Florida, and um, you became the sixth man, and you were just so critical to those teams. When you came in, we didn't lose anything. Talk a little bit about your transition. The transition was pretty difficult for me because I came from a high school team where I was the better player or one of the best players on the team to getting the UF and being, I won't say one of the worst players on the team, but having to start all over again. We had David Lee, who at the time I believe was a junior when I got there, Christian Dreyer, uh, Bonell Colas, Adrian Moss, a lot of guys who had experience and skill and just as much athleticism as I did. So I had to come in, learn the system, learn the guys, and learn how to play all over again. So it was really, really frustrating in the beginning because I came to school. I really wanted to play. I wasn't playing as much as I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> so I call home, call my brother, call my mom, complaining and crying sometimes <laughs> about well, I don't know what to do. And finally it clicked, had some conversations with Coach. Um, and I don't know, man, things just took off once. I took things, I think I'll say, a little bit more seriously. I bought into the system a lot more. I started really focusing it in and, taking coaches' advice, um, got out of my own way, stopped thinking I knew everything, and, 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 and it paid off. <laughs> you, know, you know, Chris, that, uh, it, Billy Donovan, you, you, I, it's hard to believe now, but back in the uh, mid-2000s, around 03 or so, he was getting a lot of criticism because even though the Gators were having unprecedented success under him, everybody wanted more. You know, they mm -hmm. got the 2000 final with Adonis Haslam and Mike Miller, and then they had a couple of uh, early exits in the tournament. And uh, so everybody's suddenly putting pressure on him. Suddenly he's not good enough. Uh, and then 2004 comes along, and it's still a couple years before you guys hit it big, but the 04s arrive on campus. Um, can you, can, was there a change? Can you, could you feel something different when they, when they got there? What was that like for so you? The change when they got it, it wasn't immediate because they still kind of like me had to learn and, and yeah. start all, all over again. It was uh, the summertime after their freshman year when the older guys decided to leave and we were pretty much all we had left, the 04s, myself, Lee Humphrey, and uh, Adrian Moss. So we would play and pick up every day and just see what things were like and um, – once we saw that, we had a team where we were really unselfish. We had at least eight guys who could score whenever they wanted to, plus all the guys played really great defense. It really changed things. And then we would play against the older guys, uh, David, Matt Walsh, Anthony Robeson, those five against, well, I think I might have been on the older guys' team against mm -hmm. the old 4s and that team. So just playing them and just those battles, it was a lot of confidence that those guys got and brought it to the team. And yeah, Robeson, when did he leave? Was it 04? Or he, he left. Was he, was he there for 05? I don't think he so. left uh, 05, the same year as David Lee and Matt Walsh. Oh, so, and that was, I believe, the first time you guys won the SEC tournament. First, yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. And then the, the 04s, if you're listening, then please call us 682 1430. Talk to Chris and, and we'll talk basketball tonight. Uh, but the 04s were referring to Al Horford, uh, Joe Kim Noah, 
Corey Brewer and Torian Green, who uh, all came in in 2004 and were the core, along with Chris, uh, of the of the two-time national champion Gators. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you won the, the uh, SEC tournament title for the first time in 05. Uh, didn't have a great NCAA tournament. So where are we now as we as we end the 05 season, looking ahead to 06, not, not realizing how good you're about to become? It, was there some sort of... Uh, uh, what was the attitude in the offseason then between 05 and 06? Because I'm always curious how a team goes from pretty good and a lot of potential to being great. How do you get there? It was because we lost all of our star guys. So we lost Anthony Robeson. We lost David Lee. We lost uh, Matt Walsh. And those three guys shot maybe 100% of our shots. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> The rest of us played defense and rebounded. But when they left, it gave everybody else opportunities to really see how good we were. And um, we would go in in summertime and, and play pickup games and work out together. And, and we really saw how special we could be just by getting up and down and seeing the different team that we would be going into the 05, 06 season. So once we got to playing together and got comfortable amongst each other, we really, really started having fun. The chemistry started to take off, and it was just – it was totally different because we believed in each other. We uh, saw that everybody can score. Like I say, we went from just those three guys to, like, seven or eight more guys. So all of our confidence skyrocketed. Well, you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is it seems like the Gators have had some problems keeping a lead, and it seems like you know they – they get the lead and they want to slow things down and run some clock, and it's kind of like prevent defense in football to me. When you've you've done some coaching, how do you handle that situation? All right, let's say you're up 15. There's seven minutes left. You know, you do want to run some clock, but you also don't want to get down to three seconds and throwing the ball at the basket and not getting a good shot. How do you mm-hmm. handle that? That's not my philosophy at all. So if, if, <laughs> if we're up by 15, we want to keep doing whatever we were doing to get us up by 15. So if we go up by 30 in this three minute, that's a testament of the good job we put in in practice. So we don't never want to take our foot off the gas. We're pressing to the last second if we have to because I think it's um, the, the better the top guys play, it gives the guys on the bench opportunity to play. So we always want to go out and have fun and do the best we can so – the whole team get a chance to play. I got another question too. I hear, um, like they, they were talking about last night. Um, I think Shepard for Kentucky played the entire game, and uh, he played forty five minutes. And I think uh, some of the one of the Gators played forty one minutes. And they said, "Well, you know, he's going to be tired Saturday." I'm thinking back to me, and I never had the ability to play at the level you played at. But if you played say forty five minutes last night. Is that going to affect you Saturday when you're 19, 20 years old? Absolutely. Because you still have to wake up in the morning and go to class. Yeah. So you don't really get a lot of sleep. The good thing about Kentucky is they play at home, whereas us, we had to fly back last night. So um, a lot of people say you travel, you get to fly, but it's not the most comfortable after you play a long game and have to get back on those flights. And it's a road game Saturday, too. It's another road game. So, Yeah. yeah, they're young, but it's still taxing. It's still taxing on the body. They'll be okay. Yeah. How, how do how do the coaches uh, handle that? I mean, you know, in the old days, so in the, when the dinosaurs roamed the, roamed the earth and Ronnie and I were participating in sports, coaches didn't care. You know, yeah, we're playing, go practice, go, you know. They, but now it seems like recovery and uh, maximizing performance seems to be more something that's emphasized. And Billy Donovan always seemed to be ahead of the curve on stuff like that. How did you guys handle a short turnaround? So he was. Coach was 
great. So we went, I, I think that was, now that you said, that was another big thing coming from uh, my freshman and sophomore year, uh, the way that coach handled our conditioning and, and, and rehab. So we went away from the 6 a.m. just all-out sprints from my freshman year to uh, my junior year, the first year we won state champion, I mean, uh, national championship, we didn't do any more conditioning. He felt that we practiced hard enough and went so hard in practice that we could just get away with just practicing. And it, it paid off. So coach was great, man. We got massages. We got a cold tub. He forced us to work on our bodies and eat and eat healthy. So uh, he really did a great job making sure that we were tip-top shape every game. Yeah, because in a tournament situation, especially in the NCAAs, you only have a day or so before you have to turn around and play again, or in the SEC where you have to play on back-to-back nights. It's true. And we had curfews, too. I think I don't remember a lot of other teams having curfews, and we were <laughs> jealous that we <laughs> had the time. It's like we wanted to hang out, too, especially when we went out of town. We but, uh, earned this attention from all these girls. <laughs> we did. We did. But uh, – it paid off, man. I think Coach knew it. Well, I absolutely know Coach knew what he was doing, and it, it, it worked out for all of us. Still paying off for us. <laughs> you, you know, uh, we talked uh, with a player from Florida Southern a few weeks ago that were coming off a big win, and I mentioned to him that, you know, uh, teams that are good learn to overcome adversity, but teams that are great learn to handle success. And I've seen in the documentaries and in interviews where Joe Kim Noah and Al Horford talked about a little crisis of confidence in that second uh, this 06 07, the second championship run in the middle of the regular season when things got a little bit drudgery. Mm-hmm. Was that was that a problem where you guys stopped having fun there for a while because of the intense spotlight that was now on what was clearly the best team in the country? From my perspective, I don't think it was that. I think we just lost some games. The other teams came out and played better than we did at those times. Those were pretty good teams that we lost to, I believe it may have been South Carolina. I can't remember um, LSU, Alabama. But uh, they played so great, man, and they wanted to show the world that they were better than us too. So, um, yes, we – I think Lee Humphrey got hurt around that time and wasn't playing or just got back, and we had a few other illnesses or injuries, but I don't think it was an excuse. We still should have pulled it off. Chris, we got a caller on the line that wants to talk to you. Robert, um, I wanted Chris Richard to tell you, I, I know that you're trying to make your high school basketball team – and Chris, obviously, you know, here's a guy that played a pivotal role on back-to-back national champions, and he was the Florida Mr. Basketball at Kathleen in 2002, but he wasn't always a great player. Talk a little bit about when you first went out for basketball at Kathleen. So I uh, was pretty bad. Probably the worst player on the team. <laughs> I started playing basketball in ninth grade. Um, coach Taylor, Drew, Coach Andrew Taylor was my uh, middle school coach at Southwest. I went to Southwest in eighth grade, middle school, and uh, he got me to come over to Kathleen from there. So once I got over to Kathleen, I was really, really bad. I almost got kicked off the team, but put in work and eventually got to the place where I was good enough to play. Wow. Robert, you got a, a question for uh, Chris? Uh, I just want to, you know, talk about what, what's the, you know, what is the work level like at the college level? The work you have to put in every day. The work level? Oh, it's intense. You have to get up. Well, when I was in school, we, 6 in the morning, workout, uh, conditioning, and we'll go to eat, class, come in between classes. You have to lift weights and do uh, more workouts. And after that, go to practice. From practice, go to study hall. So it's pretty much a job. So once you get to the college level, you have to be more focused than you've ever been in your life because now you're on your own for the first time and you just got to really buckle down and give it your all. Yes, sir. 
What's the class schedule like in season versus? Uh, do you end up doing a lot of your coursework in the summer? So mm, it's the same. It's the same. Oh, so you got a full a full load during during the uh, winter oh, yeah. season? Wow. You got another question, Robert? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, did you watch that game last night? Unfortunately, I fell asleep. <laughs> I heard about it. I missed a great game. I fell asleep before I got a chance to watch it. But we won, right? Yeah, that's all right. I had to watch. I had to watch the replay uh, earlier today. So I understand oh, that. Man. We're older, Robert. Man, yeah, man. oh, <laughs> got to get to bed. Yeah, we don't have that power of youth that you've got. Who starts games at eight o'clock? What's, what's up yeah. with that? Oh man, Robert, appreciate you calling. Thank you, Robert. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Well, it's just about time for us to go to break, so let's go ahead and take a break. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Talk Radio 96.7. Ronnie O and Coach Joe right here ready to go in the Ozone. The Ozone is brought to you by Foshi Jewelers, your one-stop jewelry store. And by Allied Scrap Processors, they turn scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone. Speaking of Florida Gator basketball, this Saturday the Gators travel out to Texas A&M College Station, take on the Aggies, 4 p.m. tip, 3.30 pregame, right here, or on WNN, I'm sorry, 107.1, 12.30 a.m. Then they take Wednesday off, and the next Saturday they're at home hosting Auburn, 3.30 tip, 3 o'clock pregame, and you can hear those games on WONN 107.1 and 12.30 a.m. You know, the first championship the Gators won, they beat UCLA, one of the storied blue bloods of college basketball. And here's the difference. Um, the Florida Gators did not have a full-time basketball coach until 1960 with Norm Sloan. Previously, you know, they'd, they'd go to the janitor, I guess, say, hey, after you get through cleaning that bathroom over there, come over and coach basketball, you know. Or, not, it wasn't that bad, but there were assistant football coaches or maybe the, the tennis coach or whatever say, hey, you're not doing anything, come here. And uh, so that's how bad basketball was at Florida. And um, But it, it certainly grew after that, and uh, it, it came to the zenith when – Chris was up there, and those guys were winning championships. And I was fortunate enough to go to both of those championships, the Final Fours in, uh, in Indianapolis. I remember we were up there, and the UCLA fans were so cocky. You know, it was like, Florida Gators, who are you? <laughs> you know, we, we win championships. You know, we've won 11 championships. You guys have never won one. You're not going to win anything. Uh, did the players, Jordan Farmar and – and those guys on that team, were they like that? Yeah, but in <laughs> <laughs> I think most teams were one, especially once we got that deep. I know we were. We may have been worse than them. We really, yeah, we kind of bullied. Well, tried to bully some people and everything <laughs> at the pre at the uh, <laughs> at the uh, or the banquets, the pre pre game banquets and all that. But we, I don't know, we tried to win the game off the court. Well, that, oh, that was sixth season, the, the uh, regional semifinal. You mm-hmm. made Sweet 16 and uh, went up against uh, Georgetown. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the normal pundits are, oh, Georgetown, it's Georgetown. Yeah. And uh, that was actually a very close game. So uh, uh, how'd you get over that hump? Because I think that, that was a big step, getting past Georgetown. Now, now you're into the, into the high into the high end uh, of, of, this, of the tournament. You're in the regional final. You can see the final four. Mm-hmm. 
And, and to that point, like we were talking about earlier, after 2000, the Gators had kind of gotten stuck in that second or third and third round. And now at, it was such a close game. It went right down to the end, that Georgetown mm-hmm. game. Can, yeah. can you tell us a little bit about your memory of that game? Because I thought, always thought that was a pivotal game. I'll never forget it because Corey yeah. Boer yeah. <laughs> won't let any of us forget about it. <laughs> so he feels as though he's been immortalized because he hit that shot for us, which I'll give it to him at this age. He had. But uh, if it weren't for that shot that Corey made, we wouldn't have gone on and do what we did. So um, once we won that game, Coach did a great job of keeping us together and keeping us focused and, and, and remembering what our goal was, and that was to win a whole championship. So um, – I don't know, I could just give Coach, man. Coach Donovan just really did a great job of making sure we were prepared for the next team, um, making sure that we forgot about the last game because you can't stay hung up on it too much. Um, you got to keep moving forward. So Coach kept us in line. Yeah, well, it was you, in, uh, the, in ahead, the Final right. Four, you drew George Mason, mm-hmm. which was a true Cinderella team coached by Jim Laranega, who's now down at Miami. Nobody knew who he was. Nobody knew who they were. But they'd pulled off a couple of upsets. They'd beaten North Carolina – for one, and I forget who else they had beaten, but how do you go into that game and not be overconfident? I mean, we were overconfident. Were you? Yeah, we were definitely overconfident. That, that wasn't that was diff- the difficult game. It turned out probably more difficult than UCLA, wasn't it? Uh, they gave us more problems than we thought they would, but at the end of the day, um, we came out and did what we were supposed <laughs> to do, and they got it done. I think it was more or less. I think it was up up front. Their post guys did, did a really good job uh, getting rebounds and put back offense offense rebounds. Yeah. So once we got that contained, uh, we were okay. Yeah, because you know after the difficult game against Georgetown, you actually beat up on Villanova. Mm-hmm. It, it had even surprised me watching that because I thought, oh boy, this is going to be tough because Villanova was pretty good with Jay Wright back then. But you guys just took them apart and. It it did seem you mentioned bullying other teams. It did seem like you you guys were just never going to be pushed around by anybody. Yet mm-hmm. I never think of the, of those teams as particularly tall. You know, like like uh, you think about what the Gators have now. They seem to have more height now and better Way rebounding. More height. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but uh, you guys had your your bigs, you and the, and and uh, Al Horford and Joe Kim Noah. Not only. Uh, even though you weren't super tall, you could rebound and you could score over taller players and, and score inside. Uh, it, it's, you know, and in fact, you know, a lot of people know that you had Lee Humphrey to, to jump it out to threes and Torian Green knew how to quarterback things, but every the offense seemed to run through the bigs, you know, and, and that's sort of not done these days. But mm-hmm. but when Billy Donovan was putting that together, and as you guys are, are, are planning, is there – I'm always curious about when a team is putting itself together like that and, and how it's determined who's going to get the ball and when and what, what your, your instructions were when you entered the game, you know, what you were supposed to do out there. So for us, because we had such a great team, we went off of who was hot that night. And um, we yeah. would tell coach like, hey, Lee's the hot man. Let's keep giving the ball every time. And because of Lee, because he was able to shoot as well as he did, that – forced other teams to play us one-on-one in the post. So if we didn't have Lee shooting the way he did and uh, Torian shooting the way he did and Corey slashing the way that he did, we wouldn't have been able to do what we did in the post. And if we weren't able to be as effective as we were in the post, um, teams would have been able to just hug out on the three-point line. So because we were so balanced, it forced teams to 
experiment. To try I, to I, want, I want to ask you that in context of this year's skaters team, mm-hmm. you know, because I want to talk a little bit about them and what you think about them. Um, they have some very capable big, big, uh, big guys, including Tyrese Samuel, mm-hmm. Samuel, who when I saw him in person a couple months ago, I was amazed at what he could do. And, uh, um, but they're such talented guards too. And, I know that there's been a lot of transfer portal action, and this team has never really been together until this year. But I'm seeing now in January and early February a better sense of cohesiveness than I saw in December. Mm -hmm. And uh, specifically about how to effectively get the ball to a guy like Tyree Samuel because it, it seems that sometimes they give it to him too far away from the basket. And, and I was wondering what you thought in terms of the way you guys ran your offense and what the Gators are doing now and what they're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. I think we're doing – I think we're doing okay. Um, mm-hmm. Selfishly, I like to see us do better. But as far as Samuels, um, we give him the ball where he demands it. So a lot of that goes on him. If He should get a little bit closer or fight to get a little bit closer to the basket and do whatever he has to do to get those easier shots. But he's so talented to where we still want to give him the ball and give it to him wherever he is. So for him, he has to make his job a little bit easier in um, doing his work early and fighting to get better post position. Chris, I wanted to ask you about, was there one particular moment that you'll never forget in those two championship games, a play you made that you'll never forget? Uh, That's a lot of plays. Yeah, just one. I mean, uh, (laughs) Well, Maybe. The, the ones that stick out for you, I mean, especially against Ohio State when I you're going against towards. I think I was going leaning towards the, the – uh, <laughs> wasn't such a good play. Uh, one of the one of the plays I went in and tried to get a layup, and he blocked it really bad. <laughs> I'll never forget that. But a little bit later on in the game, I uh, I caught a offensive rebound off the glass and dunked on him, so that, I, I'll never forget that. So I think that was a good memory for me. <laughs> well, I tell you what – you know, I was at both of those games, and you know, Ohio State was darn they good. I mean, good. UCLA was good, yeah. But you guys just—I mean, it just never seemed in doubt to me. Even with Ohio State, did you ever feel threatened or like you wouldn't win? No, um, but they were really good. We respect. Let me just say this: we respect every team that we played against. Although we were confident and really, really confident in ourselves, we respected everybody we played, but. As far as Ohio State, we um, beat them in December. They came down to Gainesville. We beat them then, and I think that kind of gave us a little edge mentally forgotten coming that. into that game. So once we got to that championship game, it was hard for us to lose. We were so locked in. You know, I remember, uh, and you might not uh, remember this or you might, but uh, going up against Greg Oden, which who was really a kind of a dominant center, and, and uh, last night, Purdue, which is the number one team in the country right now, they have Zach Eadie, who's similar in nature, super tall and almost impossible to stop. And against Northwestern, they ended up beating Northwestern in a really close game. And Northwestern was frustrated because there was such a foul shooting discrepancy. You know, Purdue got a, a way more free throws attempts than, than Northwestern did. And yet it seemed like the reason for that is because he, had Edie and he either scores or you foul him. Now, what was the strategy against a guy like Greg Oden, who's who's kind of similar? You almost had to foul him to stop him from scoring because he could almost do what he wanted. 
Or not. Why are you smiling? So maybe, maybe you, 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 that I wasn't, don't think he agrees with that. That was not Billy Donovan's strategy? He just said no, he, he didn't say use your fouls? I guarded, I, no, I guarded Greg Oden. I didn't foul out. Well, I did foul out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you kind of did. did. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that wasn't the game plan. It wasn't the game plan. He was just so big and strong and so much more athletic than uh, most of the guys we went up against. But Coach, uh, we played one-on-one. Sometimes we doubled from over the top because he was so much bigger than everyone. But – for the most part, coaches wanted us to play him hard and push him off the block. But um, before he gets the ball, is that the best way to guard a guy like that? Keep him from getting the ball. Keep him from getting the ball. To me, so if you play from the side, playing for just switching up the defense, how you guard the player. So sometimes you might start from behind, different sides, sometimes in front. But you want to do all you can to stop him from touching the ball. But once he does get it, you have to then get in a better position and. Force him to do what you want him to do, to go with his weaker hand if you have one. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't really surprise me. You had to have that attitude. You couldn't be intimidated by Greg Oden or Ohio State or anybody else and win back-to-back championships. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my pet peeves, and this aggravates me to this day, and it always will, is you guys are not recognized as one of the all-time great teams despite winning back-to-back, and it's because – we're the Gators. We're the Florida Gators. We're not right. known for basketball. You know, if it was UCLA, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky, yeah. they'd be talking about that. Kentucky, they'd be talking about it all the time. Does that bother you? No. I think we're used to it because, uh, like I said, once before we really start winning the championships, the country doubted us. Only people who really believe us, believed in us were the University of Florida and the state of Florida for the most part. So uh, we don't really care. Well, you know, I'm reminded of <laughs> – uh, baseball Hall of Famer Dizzy Dean, and uh, he used to have a saying. He said, "If you can do it, Padna, then it ain't bragging." Right. <laughs> <laughs> so if somebody says something to you, you just pull out the two rings and that's say, it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, let's go ahead and go to break, and when we come back. We'll have that thirty-dollar opportunity for you to go out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House. You can eat and drink what you want. Take $30 off the tab and get $12 million from the Eric Clark Foundation. No, you yes. won't. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone with special guest Chris Richard on Talk Radio 96.7 WOKF. Hi, I'm Jim Yarbrough, former Florida Gator and Detroit Lions. And you're listening to Ronnie Ocean in the Ozone. Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. The Ozone is brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland and Foshi Jewelers of Lakeland. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone with our special guest, Chris Richard. I hear those stomachs growling. I know you're hungry. You're thirsty. Lakeland cannot wait. So here you go. We're going to give you an opportunity to go out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House, 5650 South Florida Avenue. You can go out there and watch your favorite sporting event on one of their 40 strategically located television sets. And they have drinking meal specials every night of the week. So that means that $30 will go a long way, plus the $12 million from the Eric Clark Foundation. No, you won't. And a flight on his Learjet. That's all you got to do is ask him. He'll let you fly his Learjet. How about that? Quiet, Ronnie. I was talking to Dylan Gartrell, the general manager out there at the 5650 South Florida Avenue. Ronnie, today, and he's happy to announce that uh, they have Peacock available at the Ale House. And if you love college basketball, we're talking a lot of college basketball tonight with Chris Richard. 
then you want to Peacock has a lot of college basketball and when football season comes back there'll be a lot of games especially the Big 10 on Peacock and if there's a game on Peacock and you don't have a subscription you go to the Ale House. There, there, there you go. That's yeah. the Southside Lakeland Ale House. There's two of them now. So, all right, here you go. We told you if you haven't won the last six months, give us a call at 682 1430. That's 682 1430. And it's an easy one tonight. If you were listening, you know this. Where did Chris Richard play his high school basketball? 682 1430. <laughs> if you were listening, Oh, man, this is easy. 682-1430. So it doesn't get any easier than that. The answers are in the back of the book, if you were listening. <laughs> you got it. It's the newest member of the Polk County Sports Hall of Fame, Chris Richard. Oh, that's Let, right. Unless we forget. That's Congratulations right. on Thank that. You, you know, you. Uh, uh, I, I was at the ceremony, got, got a chance to say hey to you. And uh, uh, that, that that's a really cool honor, isn't it? Uh, is that is, – is, when did you become aware there was a Polk County Sports Hall of Fame? And you always think, hey, man, I'd love to be part of that. You know, it, it dawned on me uh, that night. Um, my first time ever going to the event was my sophomore year in high school when we won state. Oh, yeah. So I realized once I saw the high school players coming out and getting all of the awards and different uh, recognitions, it's like, oh, man, this is the same thing that we did. Oh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I'm proud to say I'm on that committee. And yeah. I, can say, I guess I can <laughs> say now I voted for Chris Richards. So. <laughs> thank you. Thank All you. Right. I appreciate well, it. We got a caller on the line. <laughs> Trevor, how are you tonight? You hungry and thirsty? I am. All right. That's <laughs> what we good. need to hear. Where did Chris Richard play his high school basketball? Don't let me down. <laughs> I believe that it was Kathleen High School. Yes, I believe sir. you're right. All right. Chris, you got a big smile. Filled up the whole room, man. I'll tell you what. Did you go to Kathleen? I did not. Uh, actually, uh, I, I I can't lie to you. My dad helped me out with the with the answer. So okay. oh, that's all he, right. Uh, he that's, gets just as much credit as I did. But but you you realize now you, you have to take your you dad with it. you. Yeah. Yeah. You got to split it with that's your dad. True. And uh, yep, we'll, yep, we'll send I you do. a 10.99 since it's almost tax season. How about that? Hey, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, don't forget to take care of your dad and uh, and and thank him for uh, introducing you to the show. You know, because <laughs> oh, absolutely, I will. Oh, no doubt. Well, Trevor, hang on the line. Eric will get your information. And when he starts asking for your checking account number, don't give him that. Um, you know, he okay. might ask for your credit stop card it, number. Ronnie, just stop, stop it, Ronnie. Stop it. Yeah, he, he doesn't need all. You don't need all that. Just like uh, your name and maybe what else you need? Maybe a phone number, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right, that'll do. Oh, perfect. <laughs> thank Sweet. you, Trevor. Awesome. We appreciate you listening. Yeah, thank you guys. Hang on the line. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, Chris, that didn't take long. Nah, he got it right away. I'm telling you. And he even admitted that his dad told him the answer. But that's okay. That's what it's about, teamwork. You know, speaking of admitting, I saw this, and it was so refreshing to me. You might remember in last year's Super Bowl, there was a critical defensive holding call against the Eagles defensive back James Bradbury against Chiefs receiver Juju Schuster. Well, they interviewed Bradbury, and he admitted he said it was a hold. I held him. Yeah, I guess it was controversial that it was called, but it looked like yeah. it looked like a hold. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's only a hold when they called it, right? Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You got that right. That's right. It must have been a hold. They threw a flag, right? <laughs> I remember one time they said that um, when John Madden was coaching, he was yelling at the referee, and <clears throat> the referee threw a flag. And, uh, Madden said, "You stink." And he threw another flag, 
and he walked off the 15 yards. He says, how do I smell from here? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, Do you ever have a problem with a particular referee or anything like that? You know, uh, it does seem that sometimes referees, you know, they bring their personality to the game, which is always irritating. But Mm -hmm. most of the time, if they're calling it, they're calling it. You know, when when I watch a game from up close, most of the refs seem to be happy to be there and, mm-hmm. and, and getting along with everybody, and they, you know, and most of the calls they get right. But do you ever have a particular problem with one? Not a particular one, a specific one, but I can say all of the issues I had, I more than likely brought them to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't contain my my frustration sometimes and let the refs have it. So I deserve some, not all of them. Coach Donovan seemed like. He was really good at working referees. He, he could go right up to the line mm-hmm. and he's off right You got a story time. about that? Coach, uh, re- referees? Um, or, or maybe maybe a halftime speech that he made. Not a halftime speech, but a, a pregame speech I'll never forget. Uh, I, I believe it was in St. Louis. Um, I can't remember who we played, but uh, it was during the tournament, the mm-hmm. first year we, we won. And uh, Coach was giving a pregame speech, and his whole thing, what well, a the theme for that year was uh, being the FBI and going to parties and breaking them up. So anytime we ever went to a college or to a, a school to play, he'll come out, he'll have on the police cap, he'll have a baton, he'll <laughs> whip out the baton. And, and, oh, that's and, great. And, and the thing was, we came to school to, you know, because everybody's excited at the schools and they want to win, and we come to send everybody home crying. And that really, really got us motivated. But in the tournament, he came in, or we thought he came into the locker room and just, woo, really loud. And we was like, oh, man, Coach, you're getting us hype. But he came around the corner and started talking, and we heard that woo again, and it was Ric Flair. Oh, wow. So he had Ric Flair come in and talk to us before. Uh, I, I might have been Oregon. I can't remember, but maybe, maybe the Oregon game. And um, that was huge, man. Coach was probably the best motivator motivational speaker I've ever heard. Oh, wow. Well, I know he he went and spoke, and maybe you some of you guys went and spoke to the football team mm-hmm. and, and that you motivated each other. Mm-hmm. How did that work? So for us, it was more or less uh, the relationships we had. Right. Uh, we would go to the games, football games. They came to our games. We played video games. Um, we really, really hung out. We did a lot together uh, off the court and off the wow. field. Wow. Chris, we've only got about 30 seconds left. Mm-hmm. Tell the audience what you're doing now. I'm working with the Lakeland Fire Youth basketball team, fourth and fifth grade teams, helping them develop a little bit and try to see if we can't get some more younger guys uh, up through the ranks. Wow. We certainly appreciate you being with us tonight. Can you give that Holly Kane GoFundMe again? We've only got about 10 seconds left. Yeah, it's that? a GoFundMe, uh, Holly Kane's second battle with cancer. Uh, you can find it there and uh, whatever you can give to help her out. All right, Holly Kane, one of our great guests, along with Chris Richard. Great show.